it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kyrie Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. And as you can see, if you're watching us, I'm joined by Sam Forday from the Washington Post. You can read his work at the Washington Post. How's that? Sam, how are you? I'm doing well. I need everybody to know that Kime is the kind of guy who makes the, I haven't done that. We haven't done this since last year, Jim, yeah. before it's, we got on here. Yeah. And I, you know, like I, because I couldn't go to the game Sunday, I didn't get a chance to say, Hey, I'll see you. In a, I'll see you next year. <laughs> I jokes that, that I like and have heard and shout out Mrs. Fortier, because I'm sure your dad probably uses that same joke. Doesn't he? Uh, I don't know if he's, if he's big on that, but I, I think I told you, but I'll tell listeners that my dad recently we we started complaining about how all his jokes were old and reused. So he he pivoted to new jokes. He's like, oh, you don't like that? Okay. And he just decided that every time he would make an old joke, he'd start saying, That's wonky. And I was like, That's not that's not funny. Don't say that. And he was like, Oh, you, you don't like it so much. I gotta come up with something new. It's fantastic. And so that's that's even worse than the old stuff. And so it's not worse for him though. Not worse for him. I'll be the honest. Like when you're a dad, like it's all about getting under the skin of the kids. And if you <laughs> see the reaction, that is all you want. And we all, all, every dad knows it. It's not about the quality of the humor. It's about the quality of the annoyance. And I'll tell you what, man, like he's been saying it, that's wonky for three months now. And, and it's, it's the voice inside my head again, you know, it's like I'm in high school again and he's making all these bits. So Mission accomplished for him. It's it's incredibly it's, frustrating. It is. Well, let me say this too. Like when you know, when your bits go, like if somebody knows the bit before it comes, your work is done. And so that's good. <laughs> there were times when my kids would be home. Now they're, they're in school or they're out of the house. I had one son who every day would come downstairs and throw his shirt in the dryer. And every day, so he'd come downstairs without a shirt on. And every day I'd say for a year, you can't go to school like that. And it's like, and, he, and I laughed every single time and he didn't, but the best part was he'd come down and look at me and be like, don't say it. It's like, I don't have to now. Cause you already know, I, you're already thinking I said it. So now my mission's accomplished. So there you go. That's the, you, know, it, the, you know, in that way, in the, in the way that he knows what you're going to say, I kind of feel like that's where we're at with the commanders this season. You see, <laughs> yes. segue? I can host There's this a podcast, great segue. man. That's a it's kind of like when you flip on the film for the commanders, it's like, huh? I, I, I kind of know what's going to go on here. I know it's good. Listen, man, the hardest thing the other day is because I like, you know, I like to go back and watch for some sort of film thing, something that could be helpful for me, helpful for somebody listening. That's like what pertains to the future. And it's like, we're really scraping the nubs, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel here. And like, you know, can I do a, can I do a half hour thing on Sam Cosby looks really good at guard and he does. Can I get a half hour out of that? I don't think so. 
So hey, it you is- know what's funny is like there are so many commenters on like the the Washington Post website when I write about you know Sam Howell or the offense. People are in the comments just saying like O line O line O line. That's the problem here. But then when you write about the O line, like nobody reads it. And I kind of feel like the same thing with with Sam Cosby. It's like if you want to talk about the O line, like we can get into some nitty gritty Sam Cosby, the athleticism on the screen game. We can talk about all that, but. I, you know, I don't know if people really want that. They do not. So I can tell you they do not. And I've stayed away from them. Like, it's okay to talk about him because he's actually done really well. You know, so you can strike right guard off the offseason wish list. Take that off right now. He's your guy. <laughs> Mission accomplished. They filled Brandon Sheriff's spot. So, you know, but the other thing like today, so today on Wednesday, we're taping this Wednesday, talk to Ron Rivera about the quarterback situation. Sam Howell goes back in a starter. I mean, do you have any thoughts on him finishing up the year? And as JP brought up, first time a guy has started the whole year here since Kirk Cousins 2015. Any thoughts on that? I mean, it is not like, I mean, here's the thing is, it is important, I think, for Sam to play it out and to get all the development that he can. And I think I I went back today, I wrote a story about basically all of the defenders that have played Sam this year, their comments. Um, We've gotten some comments either from, you know, the game book when they send it out from PR or my colleague, Tramel Rags has done a a great job all year going into opposing locker rooms and talking to defenders about Sam. And basically I I went back through and, and from almost every game this year, we had something and almost every defender will tell you, Sam is really talented. He yeah. he's a good quarterback. He's a young guy making mistakes. He just he makes bad decisions sometimes. Yeah. And and those bad decisions are are killers. And basically the game plan has just been, hey, like if we can if, if we can stop the run, make them one dimensional and, and Eric Bieniemy doesn't need any help being one dimensional, um then Sam will just make enough mistakes where where we're going to come out ahead here. Um, they're not going to play complimentary football uh, with with the defense. But I think the other thing is Sam at times has struggled to read defenses pre-snap, which I'm sure you've mm-hmm. talked about. But I think the bigger thing is that when the picture changes post-snap, he has a yeah. hard time adjusting. Yeah. And I don't know if you've talked about that with your audience a ton, but I think universally people say he's a good, he's a quarter, he's a good quarterback. He's tough. He's mobile. He has the arm strength, all the things we already know. It's just those those a couple decisions. And actually, um, Oliver, the, the 49ers quarterback, or cornerback, uh, was saying that, you know, they felt like if Sam, he said if Sam eliminates a couple of those bad decisions per game, like I think he could be a really good quarterback. It's really sm- one of those small things. I think those that decision-making is a really big thing. Um, but it's just over and over and over again, we've heard that from, from defenders this year. I thought that was pretty notable. I think that's very notable, and I think it's very accurate because you'd see the games where teams did a pretty good job pre- and post-snap. And it's funny because I talked to him about that a couple weeks ago about the pre- and post-snap because I thought I wondered about the Rams. I thought the Rams did a pretty good job with that. And then I went back and asked him, I talked to him about that. He said one of the things with the pre- and post-snap, he said a lot of times, like, you know, you might see somebody rotating. He said, but his focus is on might be on, like, one safety to see does this guy rotate and where does he go? And that tells him about the coverage. But it certainly seemed like there were some issues with that at times. And I and I think it's any young quarterback. I think the hard part for him, Sam, is when you're looking at a possible number two pick, it's kind of hard to look at anything but quarterback at that point because not because of, you know, whether or not you somebody thinks Sam Howe can get to a certain level, 
But now you have a chance to get the guy who might get to a top 10 level talent wise. And that's where like, if they were picking 20th, you'd look at this differently. No, totally. And I think that when you look for a guy, whether it's prototypical build or, or some of that elite talent skill set that you said, you just have to take the upside because obviously the best quarterbacks in this league win. I mean, you just look at the playoff teams, like those are a lot of elite quarterbacks that are going to be in there. Um, and so you got to think quarterback is about ceiling play and you got to make the play for the ceiling. But I think one of the reasons why I know we all might have Sam Howell fatigue, uh, particularly with the way he's played and, you know, kind of especially the second half of the season looking a little cyclical. Look around the league. Backup quarterback is more important than ever. Yeah. Um, there's historic quarterback turnover. I know they set the record last year in terms of number of quarterbacks who played. I believe they're going to do it again this year with 60, high 60s, low 70s, something like that. And so, I, you know, I think there's a real chance, you know, Sam Howell is on this roster again next year as the backup. Yeah. And so if you're, if, you know, if like most of the teams in the league, you have to rely on your backup at some point, like you're going to need him to grow from the points that, that we're talking about right now. Right. And I think that's a good point, though, too, because it's not like, OK, he couldn't do it in year one as a starter, discard him. There's you you shouldn't do that because there's something there, whether to what level it gets to, whether it's just as a really good backup or an occasional or a top, you know, maybe bottom half starter, you know, in the or mid range, whatever. There's something there. So it's, he has value to you here, even if you draft somebody else. And here's the problem. The other thing is. You know, one of his strengths is out plays outside the pocket. Well, you may have a shot at a guy who's the best improviser in college football in Caleb Williams. So he he's the same size as Sam, but he's better at that elite trait. Then you have Jaden Daniels, who's taller, but who also has that elite trait. And you have Drake May, who's taller and sees over the pocket. So you have guys who have traits that are where he's at. Or he can, you know, he does some of these things well, but you have guys who have traits that can take it higher. Plus, you're starting over on that five-year quarterback payment clock. So yeah, I I think that's a that's an important part. I think that, and I'm kind of fascinated where the Bears end up because they're kind of going through that same evaluation right now. I know right. your colleagues just did a story about that, but I it's still hard for it's hard for me to see them sticking with Justin Fields, just considering you know where he's. I know he's played really well since he came back from injury, but if the Bears stay put or if, if they trade down, if they, if they're open to trading down and they're not going to take a quarterback, like uh, if Washington does end up with the second pick, I think that starts a really interesting conversation about how much do you have to pay to pay, you know, to move up for your guy or are you content staying put? I think that's a really interesting conversation. I'm sure we won't talk at all about between now and no, no not, <laughs> I mean, probably not every day, but maybe every, <laughs> maybe three days in a row, take a day off, talk about Sam Cosme and get back to quarterbacks. So, but it is, you know, cause the hard part for them, and again, this will be, you know, get into other stuff in a minute here. So for people burnt out already on this, which you're not going to be because everybody wants to know this, but if you're going to, let's say, you know, everything's going to depend on how much do you like, however many quarterbacks you think are in that top five range. If you think it's two or three, how much do you like the second and third guy compared to the first? Because that's going to determine, do you need to move up or not? And, you know, then what do you have to give up? I mean, if you like Drake May or Jaden Daniels as much as you like Caleb Williams, and you're saying then you don't have to move up and you don't have to sub, you don't have to give up more for the future. So that way you can do a better job building around this quarterback and stacking this roster with more young talent. That's going to be I, a factor too. Absolutely. I have not personally had a chance to dig in beyond the surface level to these top quarterbacks. I just watched, I watched Penix throw that absolute laser 
uh, off the middle against, I think it was cover two, maybe it was quarters uh, the other day, which was impressive. But uh, do, have you dug in as much? Not at all. Not right at now? all. Because yeah. it's just too hard. You know, that stuff, it's too hard to, to dig in during the season. You watch it as a fan. And when you're watching it as a fan, you're not going to see the same things as when you go back. And the hard part is too, as you know, like unless you're watching those all 22, it's really, really, really difficult to get a feel for a guy because you need to see how are the safeties playing this guy? How are they rotating? What's the reaction to this rotation? All that stuff. And so, but you can get traits. You can see, you know, the footwork, you can see certain things that you even just watching TV, but I haven't had a chance to dig into it yet um, at all because it, that's an off season thing. And the hard part too, is that, and we're going to be talking about this a lot. I'll have people on here to talk about it who have done dug into it, but we got, they're going to have a lot of money in free agency that comes first. So, you know, like that's going to determine a lot as well. So, but I will, like, I think the, the fun thing is though, what, listen, when you're trying to evaluate a quarterback, it's a lot more fun to watch. And if you're like, all right, which of these, you know, which of these linebackers are they going to take at 19? Ooh, you know, like having said that, I loved watching Koromoa. And I talked about this with Nikki the other night. Like, I really like watching him because that dude could play. Anyways, we move on. But like, it's not as exciting as when they're picking 16, 19. It's like, you know, like, well, who's going to be there? Well, we know who's going to be there, chances are, you know, if it's not Caleb, well, it's going to be one of these other guys. So it's easier to do it. And it's a little bit more fun when it's a quarterback, because there's going to be a lot of spirited discussion and a lot of different thoughts. Like some people are going to really like Jaden Daniels, you know, but then it depends what scheme are you running who and who fits that, you know, Drake may is the prototypical pocket passer, but you know, but is Jaden Daniels, is he another Lamar Jackson style? you know, who's got the size. And like, I, I also think Sam, after, after watching Hall and then Jacoby Brissett, that size I think can matter. Cause if you don't have it, you better have elite traits like a Caleb Williams or a Daniels outside the pocket. And it's, and Jaden has a six, four, but you, you don't like, that's the hard part with Sam is he doesn't have that six, four. And while he's good outside the pocket, it's not like some of these other guys. Obviously with Taylor, you know, he has a very different skill set than Sam, but I think the thing that you've seen with both of them is, is that like the height is real, you know, you have to get either deeper in the pocket or you have to move the pocket and, and Sam can obviously overcome some of those things with arm strength, which with Taylor can't, but I think that you've seen that particularly in the red zone. Uh, with both of those guys, Sam, mm -hmm. you know, Taylor with the arm strength more, but Sam, when, when the pictures get cloudy and things get tight in there, I, th I think he has a harder time and I think they have to do some of those things. So Height, I definitely think matters. It's not the number one trait by any means, no. but it's certainly not it a matters. thing. It, 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 but it matters. And it's certainly a thing that we haven't seen here for the last three years. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Especially if you don't, again, like for Caleb Williams, you can, like Kyler Murray offsets it with tremendous athleticism and, and the dart ability to get out of certain situations. And Sam has some of that, just not to that level, but watching Jacoby in the pocket, when, when the pocket is collapsing into his lap and still hanging in there because he can see over the top of it, makes a difference. So if you don't have the elite, elite stuff over here, it's helpful to have that because if you're unless you build a really strong wall in front of the guy, did you? One of the things too that Ron said was about Alex Smith, and I've heard this before, and I think I, I talked to him about this before for some of these quarterback projects we've done. But if Alex Smith stays healthy, he's not even here, and it just he was kind of talking about highlighting the quest for a quarterback and how they failed at that. Do you think it's just is it just bad luck or was it poor evaluation, poor planning, or what? Why they didn't get a quarterback? While why they didn't? Why they weren't able to solve that to the level that they needed to? Because like whether or not again with Sam Howell, if they were if they were eight and nine, you might be rolling with them again. You know, for for several years, who knows? But it's not that situation. Yeah, and this is kind of a a sensitive. You know, I don't I don't feel great saying this, but I do feel like when you look at Ron and the quarterback position, you have to go all the way back to the beginning when they had the number two overall pick in in twenty twenty yeah. and. There were some good quarterbacks in that draft, obviously, you know, with, with Tua and Herbert going after Burrow at one. And But when you come in and the owner's guy is Dwayne Haskins and, and you know, you got to stick with Dwayne Haskins and how that, you know, situation turned out, I, th- I think you have to say that that's going to set you back as, as a head coach um, in terms of what you can do roster building wise. And so the next year, you know, it obviously wasn't a great year for quarterbacks and you go, OK, we're going to we're going to get a bridge guy. I think that was an OK uh, suggestion, but you're putting a lot. You're, you're putting all your chips on year three mm-hmm. because if you're year three of a regime, you just have to get it done. And then, obviously, to to go out and, and make the push for Carson Wentz, which I know you know your colleague, you've reported that that Dan Snyder was potentially involved in the acquisition of Carson Wentz, and Ron said he's the guy that looked at the analytics. Like whichever reason that was, ending up with Carson in, in year three, you know, kind of being the third team in three years to to take a shot on the guy that's just never the position you want to be in. So I do think it was some self-inflicted, the Carson Wentz situation in particular, but some of it, you know, I I think was out of Ron's hands at the beginning. And I I think so too. And I think even like last year with Wentz, the other alternative was one of the options too, they're going to do is Trubisky and then draft a quarterback. And, you know, now you can say like, neither one of those scenarios may have worked out at least with Trubisky, what you get is the cap flexibility. And so you're not spending, you're not occupying 28 million on the cap. And so maybe could you have built around the quarterback better? Because one of the things to me is if you're not going to get that guy, you had to do a better job protecting that guy. And I don't put, I don't put all the blame on the line here. I don't, because it's never that simple and you can see certain situations, but you still could have done a better job building out that line, especially last year when it was Trey, Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell. I mean, I, that's the thing is like, okay, Trubisky and draft a guy, maybe it's Sam. Like 
I don't think that that turns out materially better. No, that's what I'm saying. So, but, <laughs> like, but it gives you, but could you have built around that position better than you did? Um, and I, regardless of who it was last year, you still needed to build around them better. And I think that's where, that's where I say, especially on the front, like, and again, I don't put all the blame on them. And I don't think it's as simple as Sam Howell's going to be a great quarterback if you draft a tackle. And I know, I don't think anybody's really saying that, or you shouldn't be, but you still could have built a stronger line coming into this season. And especially if you knew, especially if you knew the enemy was going to turn into a 70, 30% guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's highlighted, right. By the fact that Trent Williams just came back and the yeah. fact that Brandon Sheriff is probably going to the playoffs. Like even, even though right guard, as we've said three times in this podcast now is, 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 is fine. <laughs> He's uh, the one. I, you know, when you look at the free agent acquisitions, the, the way they built this line and, and I wrote about it before the year, like people outside of this building yeah. said, Hey, that offensive line has a razor thin margin for error. They they have committed one of the lowest amounts of draft capital, one of the lowest amounts of, you know, salary cap money. Like it was, it was very clear that like, if you're going to make this, all these bets, like the offensive line was a tough one. So it, it's, it's, it's not the only reason, but it is something they have to get right in the future. Right. And I think, you know, it's funny because there are definitely some people here too who knew that they did not have a great line going into the year. What they did not anticipate was dropping back 40 times a game or whatever it is with the young quarterback behind this front. I mean, that's the thing though, is like Sam Howell's sack rate. I think we've, we've probably talked about yes. this in like September, October, but like when you, when, when you have a quarterback who is as competitive as Sam is and, and makes as many, you know, you know, opens himself up to as many sacks and interceptions and, and, you know, bad plays as he does yes. as, as, as many good plays he makes, like, Dropping him back was was good for development, sure, you know, but, uh, you know, theoretically good for his development. I, I got the thinking, but like, man, that just prevented your defense from playing complimentary football basically all year, even though the defense has Correct. problems of its own. But like, it just felt like the process here was never good. You know, it was right. never yeah. aligned of like where the football team thought, oh, this is how we can beat this opponent. Like, let's go out and play a certain way. I think the style and the line were suited for a veteran quarterback. Yeah. And 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 the the quarterback needed a different style and a different front. And that's so it was to me, it was mismatched parts. And and that's partly why it didn't work. Although having said that, it's the worst defense we've seen here in a long time, too. So like you can't ignore that. Like, and that's where I was gonna ask you too. Are there because one of the things that you know Ron talked about on Tuesday, I think it was, about like, is the roster in a better shape? Or are you leaving it better? Are there areas of the roster where you say this is better? Or, you know, how, or where is it dramatically worse? I don't think that there is an, anywhere on the defense that is markedly better. I think probably one of the best draft picks they made, Cam Curl, is going to be a free agent this year. And, and, and he has, I think, has a very high floor, but his ceiling has been pretty capped. You know, right. he hasn't made the splash plays that you'd expect. Kendall Fuller is going to be a free agent. Benjamin St. Juice has been one of the most targeted corners in the league. You know, it has not played particularly well. I think the defensive line is is obviously worse, you know, with, without Chase and Montez. Their pass rush, particularly on the edges, has been not great. Cody Barton is, you know, eh, eh, he's probably going to be gone. And Jamin Davis, I I would be surprised if they picked up his fifth-year option. Like, I, I just don't know where on this defense you're saying, oh, like, that's better than when he showed up, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I do like where the young safety group might get to. 
but I don't, you can't say like, because like, I like Quan Martin. I like Derek Force, but how good are they? I don't know. Like if you're on a really good defense, where are they for you? I think that's what we still, that would be to be determined. Um, I think, but you know, I think they can play a role for you. But I, you know, but I still think I'd add there. So I don't know where you can say there and like the offensive line, it's going to be need to be, you're going to get a few new starters on that group. And, you know, receiver, I, depending where, what the, you know, Curtis Samuel is a free agent. I think you're going to need to add a big receiver. I think you're going to need to get another tight end. So in, in the quarterback situation is not solved. So, you know, I think it's hard to say that they're, that, you know, in a better spot with all of that. I know Ron has said earlier this year on the record, like he, it, he sort of presented it as his legacy has been finding a quarterback and, and mm-hmm. fixing the culture. And I think that it's, I think you could make strong arguments against both of those things. But I think that like when he got here, it is very hard to imagine that any coach could have succeeded considering, especially the first three years of his tenure. Mm. I, you know, and I'm not saying like you got to give the guy flowers for giving, like having human touch in like the final dark days of Dan Snyder. But like, I do think the professionalism and like the humanity that that he had here, I I, I do think that matters, particularly yeah. to the players that were here. I mean, if you're a fan of the football team, I think the football team is is not in a better place than it than it was. But I do think I do think that that counts for something. I don't know what, I don't know how much. Like that's I, up for yeah. other people to decide. But like, I do think it counts. I don't know how many coaches who have been here could have stewarded this franchise those last few years and been in a position where they were in de- going into December. And, you know, one year you win the division, bad division, I get it. But then you're, you know, you are competitive to, well, you're about 500 or so going into December with a chance. And, you know, with all that's gone on here now, some of the mistakes, and I talked about this with Nikki the other night, some of their mistakes were their own doing from the offseason moves. And I'm not going to count that as like, oh, that's part of the issue. Like, I'm not going to blame everything on, oh, well, you're coaching here, you couldn't make better decisions. But but it is hard to keep guys focused and shielded from a lot of the outside noise because that's that was his big job. And so, you know, but again, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like you said, like I'm doesn't mean you have to give them a big trophy. It's just like, that's one of the things that was a, certainly a difficult, um, uh, exhausting task. And, and, but your job still is to win and they didn't win enough. And when Mike Shanahan was here, they didn't win enough. It was three losing everybody who wants all those guys back. Now, I was here when they wanted, when all the same fan base, a lot of them wanted Kyle Shanahan the hell out of town. So I remember those days. I've got the receipts, baby. So like, I know what it was like now, not for all of them, but the point is like, that was, you know, they were three, three double digit loss seasons in four years. So, and there were reasons for that too. This was a difficult place to coach. That's where this place is in a better spot. It's because the ownership changed. Like if, if there hadn't been an ownership change, Rivera may have been gone after last year or at some point, and you couldn't, you know, and, and because Dan Snyder was still here, you wouldn't be able to say they're in a better spot. But I think now they are just because of the ownership going into the offseason. I mean, there's a lot of decisions to be made, but they're in a better spot because of them as much as anything. Do you think that there is, and I have some answers here if, if you don't, right. but do you think that there is anything that matters in this last game? 
just the speed of it. <laughs> just, just, can we get it over in less three hours or less? We need Bill Callahan calling plays in this game because it's a two and a half hour gem. So that's, that's, you know, now I will say kidding aside, like I think it matters to get Terry a thousand yards. I think that matters because of what he means to the franchise. I think it'd be nice to see that guy get rewarded again, um, given what he's faced here at, at that position. And it's just been a tough year for him. I think that matters. Listen, I think it's always good to see some of these young guys and how they finish. I think it, you know, like Emmanuel Forbes, you would like to have seen a better finish and it did not see it last week. So, you know, can he do something a little bit better Sunday? Cause he needs to like, that's a big decision to make for this new group. Like, what do you do with him? And, you know, do you think he fits your scheme? I don't know. And so I think there's a lot of, I think some of those young guys, like there's a lot of guys that, you know, I don't, I don't think we're going to see a certain veterans again. Right. You know, and a lot of something, you know, John Allen is he even going to play. Um, but I think some of those young guys, you want to see a better showing just to bounce into next year. And I don't know if one game is really enough to do that, but I think like Quan Martin, can you put together another good game? You know, and it's not been flashy, but it's been solid. You know, can he do that? But like on the offensive line, who there outside of our MVP, Sam Cosme, who there, who there is like, who's going to really now Sadiq Charles, could he factor still, you know, maybe, but I don't, I don't think you have your center and you're going to get another tackle at least one. So what do you think? I I would have said the same thing, a few of the same things, including Emmanuel. I do think even though, you know, we didn't see him play super well last week. Uh, I mean, it was it was since week six uh, after he got benched, he has played more than snicks, six snaps in a game four times. Mm. And like, you know, that one of them was last week. He played 99 percent of the snaps, uh, his highest all year. And I think just like getting him film. And just saying, okay, this is what you have to like getting the next GM, the next coach to say, like, this is what you're working with in games. I think like those reps matter. That's a great point for them to evaluate. Absolutely. That's a great point. And I think that's and that's that's especially for him, because you need to see, can he be what kind of style corner is he? Now, you're going to have college film on him and chances are whoever comes here will have scouted him coming out. You know, and then does this first year film match up with your concerns that you had after scouting? And I think that's going to be a big issue. Um, so, yeah, but I think that that's a good point. That's a really and, good point. And the other one is just make sure this is not like, and I know that Dallas has something to play for, so it's not going to be like last year, but make sure you take this L and make sure that <laughs> <laughs> you, you get, you get, you, you put yourself in position to have the best chance to get the number two pick. And I'm sure you've talked about, you know, the tiebreaker for that is strength of schedule and, you know, the, the games you got to care about is you got to care about New Orleans beating Atlanta, right. Pittsburgh over Baltimore, Vegas over Denver, Green Bay over Chicago, Indy over Houston. Like those games are going to help your strength of schedule. Pittsburgh's playing sure Baltimore's JV unit too. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So so they should be okay. Yes. Um, but if you can if you can get that loss, get those results, and really lock up the number two pick ahead of New England, like that, I think that's that's a huge deal. And I'm a listen, if you're a player or coach, you want to win. Sure, sure, sure. I I think for obviously for the sake of the franchise, like for for a fan or for Josh Harris, does it matter if you're four and thirteen or five and twelve? Well, yeah, it does because a draft pick. But I think you like what they need at this point to go and 
I'm not a believer in tanking. So when it's like December, I don't believe like, oh, just play all these young guys so you can lose every game. I don't believe in that at all. This game is a little bit different. Like it's because you, there's a lot to lose here. Now, again, like somebody might come in and say, well, we like Jaden Daniels anyways, and he might be the third quarterback and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well then maybe it wouldn't have mattered, but you know I, what? No, no. If you like Jaden Daniels, you still should want the number two pick because then then that's option. the yeah, most, no, no, I get it. the best I, chance that guy will be there. I'm not advocating. I'm like, right. I don't think that would be a, I get for the players and coaches. They'd be happy with that result. But I, I can't sit here and say that I think because again, usually I'm a like I understand why they want to win. Sure. But man, you want, I think at this point for an ownership group, you want that number two pick. Right? Yeah. Is there yeah, any I way mean, that Josh Harris like look, I, look, I don't think it's coincidence. I mean, you and I were both in Philly at the I can't even remember where at the end of what season it was. Oh, I think it was 2020. Oh, where yeah, the Eagles yeah. put in Nate Sudfeld. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty blatant maneuver. I'm not saying you you start Jake Fromm, but if you can <laughs> if you can if you can get the result and, and play hard and, and put the tape put the players on tape that we just talked about, like yeah, I think you got to consider that a win for your franchise moving forward. Yeah, and yes, I think yeah, and I listen, I think the only thing what I would advocate for is being competitive because you want guys who want to compete, you want guys who want to play till whenever like that's if i'm josh harris and i'm if i'm a new evaluator that's what i want to see is who's competing still in this in this week I mean, not the result win or lose but the competing like you want guys who compete you know you want to see whether it's Fidarian mathis is he competing in this last game <laughs> so, you know what i mean like but you want to see that like i don't if these guys aren't competing in there and i see it on film i don't want them I don't care if you like the winning doesn't matter in this one, but competing to me does. And and to that point, we, we we're going to talk about a lot, a lot about quarterback quarterbacks, the most important position on the field. No one's arguing that, but like the pass rush since they traded chase and Montez has been bad. And so yes. I think you need to know like, okay, is Casey Tuhill or James Smith Williams, a guy we want to resign KJ Henry, Can KJ, KJ Henry, Henry Jalen Harris. I mean, uh, Andre Jones, like, like, what are we going to get from those guys? I think they're in the same Forbes Martin camp. Right. And I, and I wrote about, or wrote, talked about KJ Henry the other day, because the film review was rookies, KJ Henry, Quan Martin, Emmanuel Forbes. So anyway, Sam, I think we've run out of time. We're, we're going to have a lot of off season to talk about. So we're going to rehash some of these same issues, but I'm going to doctor up differently. You know, so like you know, it's the Kyle Shanahan offense, baby. You're gonna make it different titles, you're gonna give people the same thing. That's right. Like, just I'm gonna send the fullback on a trap block or something like that from a different look, but it's the same damn run. So there we go. And you're getting to Sam Cosby analysis. That's what the people want. That is all listen, dude's a road grader in 2024. You know, Cosby Pro Bowler 2024. How's that? That's my early bold prediction. I uh, I hope that the people listening, um, just on like Apple podcasts or whatever, or, or go over to the YouTube thing to see Cosby 2024 painted on your head. <laughs> he did finish well. He played well. I thought he did a really good job. So that move, that's a move that worked out right. So there you go. We'll end on that note. Sam, tell the people where they can find you. They can find me uh, on Twitter at SAM, the number four TR X or whatever it is, or on threads uh, or it's just probably just easier. WashingtonPost.com find me in the paper if the physical paper if anybody still gets that shout out to them god bless the physical paper i miss holding that in my hands (laughs) i do they don't deliver to where i live anymore because it doesn't if you unless it's a horse and buggy they're not going to get out to berryville so there you go thanks sam yep thanks con 